Oh, boys, you know what I fucking love? The fucking Philadelphia Eagles losing to the Dallas Cowboys. And boy, howdy, did it happen on Christmas Eve. I, you know, this game pretty much meant nothing to either team. And uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the Eagles really don't care that they lost. Like, <laughs> aggressively don't care. And, and if you missed that, they made about a billion memes about how they don't care. And they're not mad at all. And... They totally don't even care that they lost. Not even a big deal. And that's why they talked about it for the next like a week straight about how they don't care. Uh, pretty hilarious response from a, from a fan base in general, I have to say. Boys, it was a good Christmas. I, uh, I was happy. Uh, the in-laws saw me for the first time. My true colors. I've hit it for a few years. They've, they've watched a game with me, but I don't think... You know, as, as little on the I care front. And I really didn't think I would care. I went in this game, not really honestly, like didn't really care about the outcome when it first started. At least I told myself that we went down pretty quickly and I was like, yeah, whatever, man, this game doesn't matter at all. But by the end, dude, and by had, dude, I wanted this fucking game. I got real, this game really drew me in by the end. I thought it was, uh, I, I think the best game of the season, man. It was something most entertaining for me. I had a similar thought to Ben. Didn't really care that much. Kind of, had already resigned we were probably going to lose but as it went on and we actually started to fight for it i did not want to fucking lose this game mm -mm, mm -mm. not at all no and dude it's philly like lo losing to philly always sucks but like with with gardner in um and don't get me wrong like gardner he he's not as good as as hurts i mean you, you look at gardner's stat line 300 yards he, he had two turnovers but he scored three touchdowns oh no wait i'm sorry that was field stat line from last week uh gardner put up 300 yards three touchdowns and had two turnovers oh that's so weird they're identical it's almost like uh that's so weird now okay but to in to be fair the eagles average 29 points a game on offense and with Minshew in there they struggled to a, a measly 28 points on offense so without mvp hurts who was coming off of a day where he really displayed uh why he's the mvp i mean when you uh go out there and you go 22 of 37 for zero touchdowns and two picks no one's going to question why you would be the mvp of the national football league uh, but in all seriousness, I, I stand by what I said previously. Uh, I do think Gardner Minshew is a better passer than 39 as a start, 39 career TDs to 12 career picks. Not bad. Absolutely. I, 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 I don't get me wrong. Hertz is a, is an elite runner or at least a very good runner, well above average runner. Um, I think he's about as good a passer as Dak Prescott was as a rookie and their stats are almost identical. If you look at them. It's um, funny you compare him to Dak because we had this talk, I think, last year when we beat that ass twice. Um, and we were talking about Hertz. They uh like the reason they really like Hertz is he he has that Dak intangible stuff, right? Like great says leader, the right thing, first guy yeah. in, treats everybody the way you want your leader to treat everyone, answers every question the way you want, like that guy that everyone seems to fight for in the locker room, yada yada yada, all that stuff. And so I think he gets a, a ton of credit for that for sure like he's a leader sure. and i think he but it's funny compare him to early dak because i do think that that's where he is like he he throws a nice go ball he may have a better arm 
it's just eyeball testing. But like as far as what he actually does, they don't ask him to do a ton. Is my point? No, and he's like, got elite talent around him, and, and like, that's good. You should, as an for OC, sure. like you should like coach that way. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. You should not try to make this dude do more than he's capable of doing, just for the sake of like he was proving a me wrong. Last year when absolutely. Um, and and he's still a little turnover prone. I mean, last week versus the Bears, he threw two picks. He fumbles the ball. I mean, when you run as much as he does, you're going to probably turn the ball over because you're not a running back. Um, but to me, the Minshew step in really showed that. Like, I mean, I'm not going to take everything away from him. I'm not going to say that he hasn't had a great year, but. I do think that with Gardner Minshew, I think they win 11 games, 10 or 11 games. I don't think it's like, you know, some drastic fall off where they're winning half as many games as they would otherwise. Um, also, like they seem to think that Jalen Hurts plays defense because they acted like, you know, this Eagles team that had held most teams to under 20 points didn't just get absolutely diced up. By Dak. After an early interception that was really ugly, I'll tell you this. Uh, Cassie and I Yikes. went to a 4 p.m. Uh, Christmas Eve service because uh, we wanted to like do that and then get AJ to bed. And as we're walking in to the 4 p.m. service, uh, the last thing I see before Cassie makes me put my phone on Do Not Disturb is the is the pick six. And I was like, fuck, it's going to be one of those games. It was like this horrible, you know, just like Dak throws it right into Sweat's, Sweat's hands. He takes it back for, for six. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to get routed. Um, what followed was Dak absolutely decimating this team. So he, he completes his next 16 passes in a row. Um, what the Eagles have been really good at this year is playing this incredibly like stifling zone defense. That's their kind of base package. And – they make they drop their guys into zone. They do a clockwise rotation through the secondary and linebackers, and their pass rush is such that they get home so often that guys cannot find a hole in the zone quick enough um, to avoid that pass rush. And we saw that their pass rush was still effective. They got the Dak on multiple occasions, but uh, when the Eagles Weird, were in zone, really feel like he was under pressure a ton. Sure, but okay, but like on the third and th he gets a third and I mean, thirty he here because he got sacked yeah. twice before the yeah, third yeah, and thirty. Yeah, so like if he doesn't complete that third and thirty like, pass, like that goes down in the books sorry, like, you, oh my God, the Eagles you bad you, rush. You didn't feel like that got pressured a lot, Ben? Is that what you said? Just like he threw a ton. I, I I know the sack numbers were high. I just I felt like he I don't know. I like I said, it was one of those games where when I saw the sack numbers after the game, I was like, "Oh shit, that's a lot higher than I felt." Like sometimes it feels like yeah, they're scramble out of that pocket a lot. I, yeah, I mean, I, like Dak. I mean, don't forget the time Dak had two guys on him and he still managed to make that throw. That was sick on the first, the, yeah. on the yeah. second drive, the third down. That was huge. Early on, I mean, I, I felt like they were getting a lot of pressure, a lot more they, than they were getting on Minshew. They, they did get, they did get <laughs> six sacks. We did not get any sacks. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that was. Say, Next gen stats did say Micah Parsons forced five incompletions due to pressure. So he I, a lot of I give him almost a game-winning play they, on a pressure. Like, he didn't get seemed, a sack on that last one, but he did chase Minshew out of bounds on that third down that pretty much like sealed it for us, which was a huge play. It seemed like they they kind of told Minshew like, "Hey, if you feel anything, get rid of the ball." Get rid like, of the they ball. did not want yeah. him holding it. Like he, I it's disappointing we had zero sacks in this game, and there's times I felt like Minshew had forever, but. The pressures, like at least Micah's pressures, weren't they were pretty high. They just agreed. 
um, especially against a really good Philly O-line. Uh, Bizarre defensive day in general. The defense did not force a punt at all. Gash, though, but dude, they had, did generate four bad. turnovers. So it's like, is that a successful day? You win the game. I mean, ultimately, I do think that Dak Prescott and the offense win you this game. They had to put up 40 to win. Um, like I said, Dak completed his next 16 passes after the pick six and against the zone defense that the Eagles have become so good at this year. Uh, Dak was 30 for 30 scored they scored four touchdowns and four uh field goals against the zone defense um so offense put on an absolute show also we have you know i i told ben the other day via text the the development from the beginning of the season to now of cd lamb is on on par at least in my memory with the development of des bryant his third year in the league uh, the third year for Dez is really his coming out party. It's when he eclipsed a thousand yards for the first time, which obviously it's not for, for CD, but CD lamb has gone from a guy that I was worried about being a number one at all. Um, I was worried about his hands and clutch situations. He was almost unguardable uh, against the Eagles. He had, you know, he went for a buck 20 at two awesome touchdowns. His route running has become, uh, he's getting up there kind of in that Amari range of like being able to generate his own separation on almost every snap. His hands look a lot more sure to me. He looks like a, a lot more confident player. Um, that first touchdown, uh, he, he flat out cooked Slay. I mean, it is what it is. Like Slay, that's Slay's responsibility, that deep corner route. And CD sold him that he was going to go to the center of the field so that the safety could stay there. Slay then tries to jump the out route that Michael Gallup's running and CD runs right behind him, finds that wide open spot in the back of the zone and he just runs it in. It's awesome. So it's awesome to see CD and Dak like connecting like that. CD is up to, uh, he is now has the record for the most receiving yards for the first three years of any Cowboys career in franchise history. So that's a pretty awesome benchmark. Yeah, his, he was cooking early. I mean, they blew one of his TDs, but the first half, I mean, he had eight for, over 100 yards it definitely seemed like that was you're only going to beat the eagles even without hurts and i know all the 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 bullshit you know complaints from eagles fans with their backup quarterback yada yada we 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 had that same fucking story so spare me but you're only going to win this game without how talented this eagles team was in one of two ways you're going to need a master defensive performance that we saw like in the first month or two of the season where it's just the defense is getting massive pressure on Minshew and that didn't happen. Or you're going to have to have a Dak CeeDee Lamb masterclass. And he did. I mean, CeeDee Lamb, this is maybe his best game in a Dallas uniform, especially the first half. I mean, he was unguardable in the first half. They had him in that slot a ton, especially once uh, Maddox got hurt for the Eagles, which I admit is a big uh, blow for them, but we took a ton of advantage of that. And, um, yeah, he was he was wonderful. I can't say enough good things about Ceedee Lamb and this one. He's he's sort of ascended into that. I've always said he's in that good, not great. Like if he teared off the elite wide receiver, I still don't think he's a game breaker. Like there's probably only five or six of those, but he's in that next tier now of that like For sure. next like somewhere between seven to fifteen. In the and NFL. I see a path to that that level of play player for him. I think. CD Lamb could become that guy. Um, he's very dangerous with the ball in his hands. Incredibly dangerous. And he's playing with a confidence that I did not see him playing with at the beginning of the year. 
We also saw the first appearance of the Cowboys recent signing T.Y. Hilton. So the Cowboys get the ball back. Uh, this was I, honestly probably this is probably like if there's a, a single game winning play uh, in this game, um, I want to find the. Oh, there is so, you know, Zach. I, I know you didn't uh, get to talk too much about him, but I, I, you know, we all experienced this different. So Andy left when it was ten zero. I was watching this with my in laws. I was losing my mind thinking this was going to be a, um. A really terrible game and you know they they turned it around and then they lost it and they they came back again and then they lost it and then they came back again i mean this was the biggest roller coaster game of the season for um, sure just kind of where was your head really? at dnc uh so i was coming into the game obviously hoping for us to win you know but kind of i'd set myself up the last two games were very disappointing I was just already willing to accept that we were going to, you know, our ceiling was going to be one playoff win. So I was just kind of not initially too concerned. The interception hurt real bad. I uh, was going to wait and see at that point. So I wasn't 100% doom and gloom. But I also was not very excited. And, yeah, I was thinking, you know, I might turn this Christmas Eve, for my own mental sake, I might turn this off at half. Was what sure. my thought was like. Um, if it keeps going like this, I don't. I don't want to sit down and just take a beating. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, it was ten nothing, and then it was really interesting because it was ten nothing, and then we scored twice, and the Eagles scored. But what I was most concerned about, and I think you boys would probably echo. I mean, as good as Dak was, at least from the pick six on, and the offense was, boy, that defense could not. It was either turnover or give up a fucking drive, man. They could not get off the field. Third down, I they were just abused. Getting killed, dude. I mean, and, the, and, and the, it began so poorly, too. The, the you, you mentioned the pick six. What scared me on the first drive was they hit digs on a double move with A.J. Brown, yeah, which, of course, they now just love to point out. And then later in the game on a fourth and two, man, so the Eagles offensive coordinator is a young guy, Shane Steichen or Steichen. He's supposed to be a, a hot commodity this offseason for a head coaching job. I thought he did a great job. And on that fourth and he two, did. they took A.J. Brown off the field and they just picked on Trayvon Diggs' tendency. And sure enough, Devonta Smith just leaks out wide open, man. I mean, they ran a couple. Diggs even took to Twitter after the game. And I don't think he was personally had a shitty game. I mean, look, uh, the other Pro Bowl starter is on the other side of Darius Slay. And he had an awful game, too. So, I mean, these offenses were just cooking, but. Uh, they they certainly very different responses to having a bad game. So Trayvon takes to Twitter and is like, I played bad ball today. I'm so glad my brothers are there to back me up and like bail me out. Slay takes the anyone that says I fucked up doesn't really know football. Like you don't <laughs> He's know what mad you're about that third and 30 because like, every every Eagle fan to your point, that third and thirty took to like if I, I opened up uh the Reddit, I'm sure you boys do too. To like, oh yes. Like five of every ten comments were Third and thirty. What the fuck? Third and thirty. Yeah. How did we get like that's what even they, after the game 10. they were still doing that. So they, yeah, they yeah they they went up ten and then they get two sacks. Third and thirty. It looks like we're fucked. Third and thirty. Dude, so that that punt. drive in general is crazy. So first of all, so the Cowboys have tied it at twenty seven, but then give up this seventy five yard scoring drive in the to, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So it's thirty four twenty seven. The Cowboys get the ball back. Uh, at the 25-yard line, and on first down, Dak hits Jake Ferguson for an awesome play, dude. Ferguson 
Like his after the catch okay. ability it was, is awesome. It was Ferguson made that play because that looked like a five yard loss. Agreed, sure. agreed, agreed. Ferguson made a great, great play. That's what um, I mean. Yeah, that was a that was not a Kellen scheme in the guy open. No, 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 no. <laughs> so right there, we're like, okay, like we got something cooking here. We're at the Dallas 49, first and ten. Dap takes a nine yard sack and fumbles the ball, and Biotish has to jump on it. I thought he and lost then, it too. I was about to walk yeah. out of the room. I was about to turn. And then the second and twenty-one, Dak takes another nine-yard sack from Sweat. So it's now third and thirty, and I was just like, "Oh my god, dude! Like this is where it all falls apart, dude. This is where it all falls apart." Um. So it's third and thirty on the Dallas twenty-nine, and out of nowhere, they decide they're going to face guard T.Y. Hilton who he said after the game, like, if you're going to get in my face and just run with me, I'm going to go past you. And Dak basically just, like, steps out so he has a little bit of room to take a crow hop and just throws it as far as he can. And, dude, T.Y. made a hell of a catch. 52 yards and basically in the air. Like, there's really no run after the catch here. Um, I would say that's the play of the game. Yeah, oh, absolutely the play of the game. It had the biggest impact, I think. I mean, I was ready to get up third and 30. You're like, all right, fuck it. And they just T.Y. Hilton, a straight drive, straight run. And, uh, you know, the uh, it's funny if you uh, I feel like every team, as much as we bitch about Kellen Moore, I don't know if you guys feel this way. And you, you kind of look around. Everyone has like one coordinator they hate on their team. Like this That's is the right. nature of football fans. And the Eagles defensive coordinators, whose name I learned this week, and Jonathan Gannon, dude, they fucking hate this guy. They are convinced that their defense would be unhold 85 bears if it wasn't for Jonathan Gannon holding them back. Dude, they despise this man. And on that play, dude, he has been ripped. Now, I don't think Darius Slay played it right, but it does look like a cover two. And, dude, he just runs right by him, man, with backup safety on him on the top. Oh, yeah. I will say in a, a dart, a dart from Dak. I, I know that I'm looking at this through – uh, Cowboys tinted glasses. I think there's a real chance the Eagles are going to experience a, a obviously a much shortened version of what happened to us last year. So last year the Cowboys are like rolling through people. They look like the most dominant team in 20 years. Blah blah blah. Then Dak gets this injury that's like not that big of a deal, but when he comes back, he's not quite right. It's a shoulder, you know, it's it's the the, the calf, calf injury. Yep. He never looks quite right again. Some so other pieces get hurt. So now you look at the Eagles. They've had to go a game without Hurts. He's nursing a shoulder injury. That's pretty serious. I would be more concerned about a shoulder injury than a calf injury usually. Quick, um, quick thought, do you think they you think he could have played and they do you think if, gamesmanship? You think Philly was like there's no if, no point. If that was the case, I feel like because he was still listed as questionable yeah, he didn't practice as today, recent as Tuesday. Fair. Yeah. Like he may not I, he not play this week. That's either. what I'm saying. I think it's more it might be more serious than they're letting on. I originally and, thought they were just gaming though. Exactly. Agreed. And then now Lane Johnson is out for an unknown amount of time. Maddox is done Huge probably loss. for the so year. For those who don't know, Lane Johnson is the Eagles right tackle. Um think of him as how we think of Tyron Smith. He's a he's a all world right tackle. Yeah, he's, he's four time all pro. Watch, like if you watch the first Cowboys Eagles game, basically that game was kind of out of hand until the second lane Johnson went out and then Micah Parsons just picked apart the right tackle. Like they, yeah. their whole game was basically running 
towards Micah with Lane Johnson blocking him, Hertz, and then Micah making having to make a decision between Sanders and Hertz, like or AJ yep. Brown, whoever they threw out there. And once Lane Johnson went down, dude, Micah completely threw that out of the the thing. So huge loss for them. Then they lost uh, I forget his first name, but Maddox is their slot corner, fucking stud. Yeah, um, and so you lose. They they they're facing now this situation where injury. if you're if if you if you we've seen this with the Cowboys where if you lose the ability to cover one of the weapons on the field and they can avoid your best corner, suddenly your your pass defense loses a little bit of a step. Lane Johnson's gone. Okay, now your pat now your your ability to block your your whole offensive line might destabilize and then. You know, as much as I've said that, you know, Hertz and Minshew are more comparable than people want to admit. It's a big, it's a big deal if Hertz comes back and he doesn't play up to snuff. Like if his shoulders bothering him and he throws up some wonky balls, does some turnovers. I think there's a real, a real chance, like not fifty percent or something, but there's a real chance that the Eagles kind of start to look kind of weird and vulnerable down the stretch. And dude, if they get bounced first round, dude, this that is crushing mentally for this fan base i mean i've already said like this is the most the most eagles thing we've ever seen was probably devonta smith scoring what i'm sure he thought was the game-winning touchdown and pretending to do an armed robbery of the salvation army kettle and then losing the game that's like the most eagle shit in the world i would do want to say creative like Fuck you. Sure. But hilarious. In, in the and by irony. the way, also, like, golly, man, we could not fucking guard that guy. No. No. Like, they, I mean, we, we, I mean, AJ Brown had an okay game. A lot of that was on Diggs. I'm not going to say Diggs locked him up. I mean, he had like 80 yards. I mean, basically, everyone ate on both offenses. So both defenses got gashed. But I thought Diggs, outside of the big double move, largely did okay on AJ Brown, and they they had him shadow him. I don't know if y'all noticed that. They yeah, I did. Out. It was one of the rare games they actually had Diggs shadow AJ Brown on every play. But that basically meant Devonta Smith running on Nation Wright for a lot of that game. And ooh boy, Man. there's a reason that uh, there's Two a reason that Devonta like, Smith's like final stat line was nuts. He looked, he had the same game CD Lamb did basically. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think there's a real chance that the Eagles have like kind of a end of season collapse. You lose like really key pieces like that, and then your quarterback, who, you know, in their own words, is this MVP. They've put all this stock into him, and now suddenly he starts to look questionable. Part of football is the mystique of the confidence around a given team, and they're rolling through people. If people suddenly feel like you know, we have a real shot at these guys. That can change the whole complexion of how teams play you. Well, it's like what? Um, you, you don't think you can bleed, right? And then as soon as yep. you bleed, you're like, oh, what the? You know, it's the the whole your your aura of invincibility goes away. I mean, hell, we saw it with Dallas last year, right? Yep. The after the, after the Denver game, dude, like everything changed. When someone humbles you that hard, like it, it, it's tough. And we didn't – I don't want to say we completely humbled them. I'm sure they feel fine. But to your point – I could see it just because injuries catch up with everyone. I mean, part of the reason I think this defense and, you know, if you guys want to take the chat there, we can. This defense, man, like, we can talk about DQ and some decisions. A lot of it is, like, dude, they're they're just not getting the pressure that they did early in the no. year, which was all world. And this secondary's 
pretty fucking bad outside of Trayvon Diggs, man. Like we just have to accept yes. that. Well, I love Jaron well, Kirst. Like I love Malik Cooker. I'll, I'll give I even Bland his. I'll give Wilson. Bland. I'll give Bland his credit for a rookie to have five picks is incredible. Yes, no. Bland um, is what everyone was Bland? claiming Diggs was last year. Yeah, yeah, Bland really no he what what they're claiming he was, which oh, is like yeah, a guy that gets cooked and then gets a pick. Like yeah, that's what Bland is, rookie, right? Like yeah, he's either sure. all over the ball or he's getting beat. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And then like all those safeties, like I like J. Ron Curse, and he had a beautiful game. I actually thought he might have been the player of the game on our defense. He especially early on, you know, he had that that fumble uh he had a pick and a fumble and recovery. The pick, and the pick yeah. was nasty. Pick was nasty. It was. All the um, picks, both picks, I will say, like, I don't think those were bad throws by Minshew. Those were just you know, one of them. Jerome Bland just ripped out of his guy. Yep. Like, yeah. absolutely. I was really worried they were going to cowboy that up and be like, it was simultaneous possession. I was really, yeah, for really sure, nervous dude. we were going to get fucked sure. with that. But my point is that that secondary, Sans Trayvon Diggs, is very vulnerable through the air. I, I love all three of the safeties I mentioned as far as like their ability to come up and make tackles. And I think our run defense has gotten loads better for i mean i i don't know i guess jackson will gash us but i still we're, feel we're like a week, we're a week removed from the basically the the secondary a safety losing the game because the ball goes directly between his hands for the game winning pass yeah. like well, they look, do not have the ball skills to i mean every highlight of Donovan wilson is what him making a sack or a, a hit, hit or a yeah exactly same with like hooker's got a decent one like jaron curse same way like they they play better close to the line of scrimmage so that basically means your only guy down field who you feel comfortable with in coverage is Trayvon Diggs who just that's not where he gets thrown at like people throw at Trayvon and double moves or like you know kind of quick stuff slants and stuff they yep. just don't throw they don't throw one-on-one -on -one deep balls to him anymore he just that's just not an area of you, the field you'd have to be an idiot to do that like yeah it's just like it's just too high risk strength. profile that's his strength like you're gonna you're gonna pick on his weaknesses and there's so many weaknesses in the secondary now it's just you don't have to test that anymore and that's kind of what I worry about with this defense now is they just I know it's a small sample size and if you look at like the full season and the full DVOA stats and like advanced stats we're still very nice from like weeks one through 14 and then if you make it 15 to 16 which I know is only a two-week awful man giving up 39 a game I mean they've been gashed two weeks in a fucking row you just they're just back to a place where I mean, it's fun football, but it's scary. It's they have to they have to score a ton to win. So like, you go back to like the Bears game. They scored forty nine. They scored twenty eight against the Packers. Forty against the Vikings. Twenty eight against the Giants. Fifty four against the Colts. Twenty seven against the Texans. Thirty four against the Jags. Forty against the Eagles. They're scoring a ton of points, but they are in situations where they have to score a ton, and that's really scary. Like forty to three, great. Like that's perfect because you could have scored 10 and won that game well look when you win 40 to 34 you're like fuck dude if, the only if thing Dak only well, goes for two touchdowns that game which isn't a bad game by most measures you lose that game mm -hmm. yeah what are you gonna say z no i was just agreeing i thought right, you could put yeah. that perfectly that, that yeah, is the big no, concern i have with this team now yeah you have to i mean they they have to find a happy medium between getting eight sacks and 20 pressures a game and getting no fucking sacks. None. They have yeah, one like sack that. in three games. They have one sack in three games, and it's Micah. I mean, and look, he it kills me. I know I've brought this up on the pod because I had a defensive player of the year prop on him, and he went from the favorite to it's basically Nick Bosa's now, no matter what fucking happens, which sucks. He's yeah. going to get second by all accounts. 
I think they probably even rest him, if not this game, the next game. Um, but they they basically, if they don't generate pressure, that's just that's the only thing they do elite. Like they, yeah. they don't do anything else. Like the Eagles is it they're gonna feel icky about that game because they got gashed too. But they have a lot of different, they still have a good linebacker core, right? They still have a good front seven. Their secondary, when healthy, is still pretty solid. And I guess that's the big thing. We're not very healthy either on that side of the ball, but it just doesn't feel like if we meet them again, I'm not saying we can't beat them with Hertz and at full strength. It just, it feels like you're going to have to win one of these games. Like I have no, I've, I don't know how y'all felt when that, when it went to the end and we got that final fumble. Oh, and we, I was so worried that really when Dak Dak made the mental mistake, when Dak made the mental mistake of running out of bounds, instead of going down in bounds, because if Dak goes down in bounds, that game's pretty much over. You can burn off like two minutes of the remaining two and a half minutes. When, when, and then Kellen just decides to kind of like not go for the score. He like has Dak do kind of a designed run thing. I didn't like that. When it went back, when the Eagles got the ball back and we started playing that soft ass, like give them 30 yards of cushion, I was very concerned. I I mean, even the final pass, even the final pass where Minshew gets pressured in his face and he just has to chunk it up, like Brown's low key not that far away from making that catch. He's about three yards short of catching a ball in traffic or at least having a shot at it that would have just been soul-crushing to lose the game that way. So then all they got to do is kick an extra point, and they win the game. So, yeah. Defense, huge concern. Um, Man, it's just going to be weird. I mean, we've said it from the jump. I I feel like there are – and, Ben, I think you called this out in our group chat. There are really three outcomes here. They win – if they win one playoff game, it is – So let's look at – just for our audience here, like let's – um, I guess you, let's finish up the game if y'all want anything else. I, I'm kind of good on final thoughts. I, I would say to Cowboys fans, I think this was a solid win. Take it. Be happy with it. I know it ultimately probably means nothing. It probably doesn't change any of your fate of where either us or the Eagles end up in the playoffs. But knowing but that I, you can beat this team is is good for the everyone involved. And I think it was, to me, it was another Dak, a great feather in Dak's cap as Definitely. far as I thought he played – like put the team on his back for star love goat i'll I'll go ahead and give ahead i'm there's easily i think he was the player of the game in this if you want to get to someone else i just think he was the best player on the field for either side um i thought he was fantastic and i thought this was a game that could have gone either way yes the eagles are you know i was reading a lot of their comments we do this shit too but like oh we shot ourselves in the foot two dumb fumbles like the turn like we should have beat this team we had hurts we had won yada yada i get it everyone's gonna make excuses but look at the end of the day, Derek Jeter said, winners win, losers make excuses, right? Like, yep. you know, and I, I I think we found a way to win this game. Dak I was not responded point, every time, dude. Every time we needed nervous to about score, the defense late, but they did get They didn't do a lot, but they got turnovers, and really the offense won you this game. And, and I love that. I love seeing this offense fire against a full – a very good defense. Yep. Like by all accounts, a very good defense to, to go out there and hang. What are the three or four best defenses in the entire league? And it's not like what you did against Minnesota where they have a bad defense, but when 40 to three, like you're going out there, you're having to match them tit for tat. You're having to go out there and put up 40 to win. It's not, you're not putting up 40 in a blowout where it doesn't really matter. Like you're putting up The Eagles didn't lay down for you and let you score 40. You had to earn every one of those. And I think, yeah. So I thought, uh, 
anyway, so so great win. That that's my final point. I'll let y'all do that before we do playoff talk, uh, Zachary. No, I think you covered it, man. I think that for me that that covers it. Z, I don't know. I still think Dak sucks. <laughs> there are people like that, dude. I dude, yesterday I went out. I was I was running some errands. I came home. My neighbor. She was out uh, at her car, like doing some stuff, and her dad's in town. He's like a huge Aggie, huge Cowboys fan. And he's like, Oh, did you watch the game? I was like, Yeah, he's like, Do you finally understand why they need to get rid of Dak? And I was like, What? He was like, Yeah, dude. Like, he, he damn near lost us that game with that interception. And I was like, I mean, dude, yeah, but like after that, he absolutely crushed them. He was like, If we could just get a real quarterback's brain into his body, I was like, Oh, ugh kind of racist like I, I can tell based on what i know about you and like what you mean by that and like also like Dak doesn't have like some otherworldly physical tool set like Dak doesn't have an, like some crazy cannon for an arm or like any kind of skill set so where i'm like oh my god his physicality is, like, is so amazing like Dak's best like skill set is his mental side yeah he's, that's easily what Dak does it's not best. his arm it's no longer his legs like he's two things really well and i saw a stat like he's a great he's gotten to be a great pre-snap quarterback now like yep. he you, you hear him all the checks all the reads he's so good pre-snap now of like recognizing where the defense is in where the coverage is and if you watch him like if you see videos where they break down they do such a good job of he's identifying this guy's coming from here and hey this is going to be here he's talking to his receiver he's kurt gotten- warner loves him or not yeah kurt warner loves him for his like you know, yeah, his, uh, dude, his smart ball or whatever it's called, where he breaks down quarterback yeah. film and like he well, loves and, Dak. Dude. And he had one this week where he got the guy off sides. They go four verts, hit Sadie Land for twenty five yards. Boom! Like love it. He's he's got that worked. I mean, his pre snap read. That's where he's elite. Like his mental. So there are there are people that still will hate Dak, dude. They're all they're going to hate Dak until, uh, and maybe even if even if Dak wins playoff games, they'll still talk shit. But at least until he wins multiple playoff games in the same year, there will be a large pe- number of people that hate Dak. Which, on that note, so uh, Andy, we were talking uh, off off the off the air about this, and uh, I said something, but I'll let you uh, uh, kind of take it away, and we'll, we'll get into some uh, conversation on this piece. So, Dude, so today, Ben fucking Walker, of all oh, people, <laughs> I thought I could go into the other way, but yeah. This- tells me that He's listing quarterbacks he thinks are in the top five, like better than Dak Prescott. And, you know, I'm reading it. It's like Mahomes, Josh Allen. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Justin Herbert. Okay. Ben. I'm like, Justin <laughs> Herbert's better than Dak? He's like, yeah. I was like, at it's- what? <laughs> like, at what? I'll let, him, I'll let okay. him finish your honor. Okay. But- so then I'm like looking at it. I'm like, okay, like he doesn't win as much as Dak. He doesn't have the same stats as Dak. Dak puts up much better numbers. Like at what, how is he better than fucking Dak? And Ben was like, I don't know. I, I don't, Ben was like doing some bullshit about like, he just looks cool playing football, dude. He's like hot. His biceps are big, dude. All right. <laughs> I my, uh, my retort. Tell your version. <laughs> I sit. This began, I sent Andy a tweet from a, a known cowboy guy. Yeah, Vox Lombardi. Shout out to him. He's, yeah, he is awesome. He's, a, he's an awesome YouTuber. Was hired also by uh, Colin Cowherd, so he'll always battle his bullshit cowboy stances. Um, and he basically said, Dak's top five. And he said, I'll give you Burrow, Josh Allen, and Mahomes. And everyone agrees. I think those are the two top three. And I kind of sent Andy like a thing. Like, I was just, you know, talking shit. Like kind of an eye roll. 
And then he's like, by the stats, he is top five. And this I, I, year, I, I'm not saying like overall, all the time. I'm saying this season, it Dak gets, has put up the stats. To Andy's Zach- point, to Andy's point it, I threw out some names. I was trying to put who's in tier. And I'm a, I'm a little jaded because I'm listening to a pod from a couple film stat nerds, and they're in love with Justin Herbert. I think Herbert's a little overrated too, to be fair. But they're, they have him as second in the NFL. Like there's these guys fucking love Herbert. His shit. But I agree. He's stat wise, it's really hard to make an argument right now other than the old, ooh, the eye test. So, yeah. Because I mean, let me, let, me give, let me give you stats. Okay. From week seven to 16. So when Dak came back to now. Okay. Yeah. Well, passing TD, passing so TDs, top five, Dak, right now. Passing TDs, Dak is second. TD percentage, Dak is first. Completion percentage, Dak is second. Red zone completion percentage, Dak is first. EPA per play, Dak is third. Success rate, he is first. He is seven and two. He is first in third down. He is first in fourth down. He is first in game-winning drives. There you go. It is tough. Like I, I. Because I, it's weird because you even said, where do you think he is? Six to eight. And that's kind of yeah, where I, I agree. It's, it's, it's not placement. It's who you put over him that I well, have. Well, I agree, I but it gets, it gets hard because if you say he's six to eight, we all agree. I say we all. Like everyone kind of agrees the top three. I think it's hard to make a case for anyone other than Allen, Mahomes, and Burroughs kind of slid into three, I think, with a Super Bowl run. That's fine. Sure. But like four, like, so do you still put. That's what I'm saying. Like, where do you put Rodgers and Brady now? Because Rodgers back to back MVP. Now he's playing it's like n- shit, but they're kind of good. Like, do we just still take Dak or Rodgers? So he's career wise, sure. I'll, I'll go. I'll give you Brady and Rodgers, even though I, I obviously have my entire take on Brady. I've never seen a person as lucky. If teams, Brady. if teams were as committed to committing suicide at Dak's feet as they were at Brady's, <laughs> Dak would have a shitload of rings too. It is. I've never seen people so determined to make hey, man, a man's career look good as, as Tom Brady's. You're speaking from my playbook right there. <laughs> For sure. Um, but when but it comes to – like, all I'm talking about is looking at the – basically from week seven to now because that's what Dak's played full-time His this biggest year. criticism is what? Turnovers. Turnovers. Even in, that, even in that time frame, like Josh Allen's turning the ball over. Like they're yeah. not putting up a and again, and like right. you look at you look at a guy like Herbert – if if you really if if people really want to say that that you view Dak and Herbert the same, I want you to treat them the same. Like there's no way I don't believe anyone if they're sitting here being like, yeah, you know, Justin Herbert's a top five quarterback or a top six, seven, eight quarterback. If Dak Prescott went out and threw zero touchdowns, two picks against the Titans, and followed it with a zero touchdown, one pick performance against Indy in back to back weeks. No one is sitting here being like, yeah, dude, Dak's like a top six QB. That's just who he is. They would shit on him and cut his head off and put it, mount it to a pike above the gate to the city. Only Justin Herbert gets the benefit of like, he yeah, does get look, the dude, weird he's, charger he, thing he's, where like, he, he throws more picks than touchdowns in like six of the last 10 games. But like, I mean, he's going to be good one day, probably. So like, he's probably like he the does, best quarterback. Like, that's weird. I know. I agree because I said, I hated that I was taking the stance because I was trying. He's he's overpraised in the fact that of what he's accomplished, which is nothing because he's not. Yeah, and he's not in Dallas or a market that 
like the Jets or Giants. Like basically, no one gives a fuck about the Chargers. I'm sorry, Chargers fans, just no one does. It's easy to be invisible there. If you're like the ninth team in LA, dude, people people go to the Galaxy games more than the Chargers games. But I go back to you. If he's six to eight, like it's tough because then you have Brady Mahomes. I mean Brady Rogers. Where do you put them? Then you got Lamar, who like I still would probably like I put them in the same tier. And all and again, Andy, overall, is, like six states, great. This year, Dak is a top five quarterback, and that's opinion. where it's it's easy for me to do tiers rather than because I think like four to nine. If you have two good games or two bad games, you can flop any of those people. <laughs> you can make any argument. That's fair. So, that's fair. And I all I'm saying is I think Herbert's in that same tier. Where if like if we're talking a month from now, like let's say. God, I hate like worst case scenario. Cowboys go out and they lose, and the Chargers win two playoff games. People are gonna be like, "Oh, easy, Herbert's better." Where if the Chargers, because they clinch finally their first playoff berth with him, they go out and they go one and done, and we make a run. Of course, Dak's gonna be like, "It's right," but I guess here's the close enough, man. Is that like one of the knocks on Dak is that he's expected to win two playoff games, and the fact that he hasn't yet is a knock against him. Herbert, everyone is like in that still in that zone of his career where it's like, dude, he's probably going to win multiple playoffs games, and if he doesn't, people are just like, oh, he's young, it'll it'll happen. Well, yeah, he's so in like, the he's he doesn't get knocked for it like Dak does. Yeah, I know. Well, Lamar's starting to get knocked for. It. I mean, it's where Hertz is, right? Like Hertz is yeah. in that like people want to put Hertz above Dak because Hertz has played fifteen good games, and I I'm not ready to say that in rankings. No. Because especially after I saw Minshew basically like, put up an identical oh, game against like a much better season, team. Just that's the, the biggest thing I saw. Yes, yeah, Hurts, agree, but like, Zach. I mean, who's Hurts a better quarterback? A, I still think Dak's a better quarterback than Hurts. I'm gonna say Hurts' big improvement this year have been in his ability to pass and his ability to decide to keep the ball or throw it or do something else. Before he would keep the ball in dumb situations last season. Yeah, and agreed. Get he did that a lot. Get like two yards. He's definitely improved his ability to make decisions. His passing also seemed to be very good, but seeing Minshew put up the same numbers and it's, yeah, I I, I like your early thing to Dak's rookie season. He just has yeah, a stacked I mean, team around him. He does, and, and don't get me wrong, like a lot of people questioned the AJ Brown trade for the Eagles. I did. They, <laughs> I I think that they basically saw exactly what the Cowboys have the same issue now, which is that they had like one good target. They had one really good target in yeah, Devontae Smith. Eagles team without AJ Brown. Exactly, dude. I mean, like, if you could just blanket cover Devontae Smith, but he's not—he's not good enough to beat you by himself. By himself, AJ Brown, especially, and especially AJ Brown with you having to pay attention to Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard suddenly becomes this touchdown machine because you're—he's either drawing like single coverage by the number one corner or you know second corner plus some safety help, and he can find a gap in that zone or the handoff like. It, it opens everything up for everyone. It does make me really wish the Cowboys had kept Amari, dude, because there's been still a, few, Amari. a few battles kind that I've done on Twitter. I've, I've succeed. I've succeeded the, the Amari battle. That was a bad move. There's no, there's no writing it off. I, I hate like everyone. And I feel bad for one... Amari, dude. He's on this team with this fucking rapist who sucks. Now it is awesome. That he sucks. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. Brissett. The fact the fact that Deshaun Watson has turned into a complete bum <laughs> is hilarious. There's never been a funnier outcome for a huge trade. Um, but I feel bad for Amari because he's a good dude, man. He, yeah. And he was a good cowboy, and he deserved better than than the the door that we showed him. Unfortunately, someone who doesn't deserve better, 
Randy out here fucking oh, wild. Man, dude, how shit the karma on that one. Too. People dunked on the Cowboys for like a week for that happening. And then the other night, they're getting blown out 51 14. Randy's had two of his patented, like, third down, you know, un- unsportsmanlike penalties. Crushing penalties. And then after they get murdered, he punches a Rams player in the face. Just, and my man has two sacks on the year. But he's you know, been hurt though, goat. He's been at, hurt, but his pressure at six rate, and a half million bucks a sack. His, no, his pressure rates are like Dallas had to give him thirteen and a half million a year. They I'll had tell you to what, pay him. Dorrance they had Armstrong, twenty eight year old guy with off the field issues. Dorrance Armstrong, who's making like what six six mil for his eight, eight sacks, yeah, looking pretty nice. I think he's on a two year twelve million dollar right. deal. I, like I said, I I, w- I was wrong about some of the because my my take. For people who don't remember, us, I was I was pretty much okay with all of them. My Mari one, I will will uh, my little Mia culpa there is is warranted, but I will say I thought they would do something with that money, and they did. Yeah, agreed. Like, we like, we didn't really yeah. foresee them just not doing anything. Now the Cowboys are still doing weird shit. Uh, you know they signed Ty. Then there was this story last week that they were like, "Yeah, we're definitely signing Odell Beckham." Like Jerry came out and was like, he's joining the team soon, which was bizarre. Then after the game on Sunday, they were like, oh, so like T.Y. did great. And now you guys are going to add Odell. And he's like, nah, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Then it comes out today that Jerry has been in, quote unquote, near constant communication with Terrell Owens to return to the Cowboys. For those of you wondering, Terrell Owens is 49 years old. Yeah, he's all right. Now, unlike most 49-year-olds, Terrell Owens ran a 4-2-40-yard dash last year at 48 years old. So my gut tells me that Terrell Owens could probably still do something on a professional football field that most people can't. And probably in the red zone, he's probably still like kind of dangerous, to be honest with you. Um, but man, we're just the weirdest fucking team. Like the fucking Colts aren't out here on the phone, with Marvin Harrison to figure out if he's still fucking go dude. Like the, you know, it's a circus. Jerry it is. Yeah. It, it, it is. Always, it definitely is. It Dallas definitely will is. forever be oh, the circus, man. Like they, 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 they revel in this shit, man. Yeah. At least I'm glad the back of junior signing is not going to happen. Yeah, it ultimately seems, at this point i think it's, it's especially gone. the money dude like yeah because it, it really does sound like he wants like basically amari's deal like he wants like 20 million dollars and like the whole shtick with amari was that like oh you know he's pretty good when he's on the field but he isn't on the field enough and he disappears in big moments but like now we're talking about giving that same money multiple years to a guy who like isn't gonna play this year at all like it just it just got to be too much and in retrospect the whole you know, pick me shit that we did bizarre, like very bizarre. You know, you have, uh, speaking of though, you know, he went to that Mavs game. I don't know if you guys saw last night, but Luka Doncic did some like fucking crazy, uh, use the first human being to ever put up a 60, 21 and 10 game. And then after the game, they asked him, you know, what'd you go say to Jalen Brunson? And he was like, I was uh, reminding him that the Cowboys beat the Eagles, you know, uh, but that's my guy. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to give this motherfucking keys to the city. Like, he's out here talking shit to Philly guys about other teams. Like, just being like, hey, fuck the Eagles. Like, right after beating them in a basketball game, that's so tight. He's the man. He's going to be the mayor of Dallas before this shit's done, dude. 
Oh, but yeah, ultimately, you know, the Cowboys uh, roll into their Thursday night game, which is tomorrow night. Uh, it'll probably be today by the time you hear this recording. Uh, they are playing Tennessee Titans. It looks like Tennessee's kind of phoning this one in. It sounds like so. Yeah, Derrick Henry's not playing. Is that correct, well, Ben? I don't know. The Titans, so to set the scene for everyone, the Titans are in a pretty bad run of st- games and the jaguars on a pretty hot stretch of games which is basically oh, did, they beat, did they beat someone good yeah yeah <laughs> a little bit <laughs> they beat the jets and we won't mention who else they beat but the jaguars are you know so basically it comes down to this whoever wins the week 18 game which is next week between jacksonville and tennessee essentially wins their division at least in tennessee's case i think if jacksonville loses and Tennessee wins, maybe they can. Actually, I I don't think there's any bearing, basically on our Thursday night game, that Tennessee can change their fate. So their only game that matters is week 18 to get in the playoffs. Tennessee is injured to fuck. Like their whole, they put Ryan Tannehill on IR. Um, Traylon Burke's been out the lineup, but Dupree's been out the lineup. Yeah, we're going to play Malik Willis, who's barely a quarterback. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons. Henry's probably not in there. Jeffrey Simmons, uh, who's been a Pro Bowl guy, he's in and out the lineup. Uh, Harold Landry's been in and out. Like they legitimately have like maybe the worst outside pass defense in the entire NFL. Um, and their pass now they, on because they did manage to pick off a top known top five quarterback, Justin Herbert, twice and hold him to zero <laughs> touchdowns. But we, we'll revisit that after the game on Thursday night. But yeah, the Titans seem to be basically just phoning this one in. So the Cowboys have a chance to go out and get a nice tune up in. Go ball. Maybe CD can like put up a, like a nice Dez type dominant game, a little three touchdowner, um, and then you're just hoping that the Eagles just full on collapse, dude. I mean, mathematically speaking, uh, if the Dallas Cowboys win out and the Eagles lose out, the Cowboys win this division, which is fucking crazy. It's basically all you got for mm-hmm. what's on the line, right? So we'll see what Philly Philly plays. The Saints, I, the Saints, and the Giants, right? Yes. Yeah. Now here's and the question: If the Cowboys do win this division, like ten or some sure. If the Cowboys right do now. win this division, they likely play Washington first round. Would you rather play Washington or the Bucks? Washington. Washington, one hundred percent. They don't right. have a quarterback. Like right, that's true. But sorry, Washington, look, I, Washington has tripped some people up, dude. Like, I've they're watched. Not, they're yeah. sneaky. And good, Chase but. Young's first game back, by the way, uh, looked really good. Um, he looked really good, and he also had a. I know Andy's favorite company, PFF, gave him like an 87. So oh, well, he must man, have been fuck, I'm sold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> must have been what? having a great I don't day. need to watch Phil. That's enough for me. <laughs> Wentz was so bad that they put Heineke out. And then Heineke's so bad they're putting Wentz back out. Yeah. If they're okay, if if they're gonna roll with Wentz and they make the playoffs, I would absolutely rather Yeah, play. Give, give me yeah, give me Washington yeah. at that point. I would love um, to play Wentz in a playoff game. You know, I it's weird because I actually think Washington's better than the Bucks, but it's also I just I've said it for for weeks now. I just my my horror story that's written is like as bad as the Bucks have been. I watched them again. They played dude. I, I was gonna say I was gonna bring it up. They that looked fucking so game against the Cardinals. They were horrible, and they won in overtime, like nineteen to sixteen or something. Bro, they like lose. They had lost the game. The game was over, and then they're they're gonna lose to Trace McSorley, the, the fucking third, third string. string quarterback on the Cardinals. Fucking Kyler somewhere getting Orion camo in fucking Warzone with the homies. Okay. 
Trace is out here, a kid named fucking Trace, which your parents hate you, okay? Definitely Mormon. Anyway, he's out there. They're going to win this game, but the Brady fucking voodoo strikes again, fucking fumble on the game-winning drive where all you got to do is kill clock. They fumble it, hand it back to Brady, and he scores his only fucking touchdown of the game to tie it up, send it to OT, and he manages to kick a field goal and win, 19-16. Yeah, they go to OT and grind one out. Um, they're bad, man. They're way worse than the team that beat us 19-3. to Like, they're like that team that we played in September. I think it goes back to mentality. Like, maybe on paper those are the same players, but, dude, this season has worn that fucking team out. Like, the Tampa yeah. is so ready for the season to be done. Like, the fact that they have to go to the playoffs is almost a punishment. That said, I want zero. I want zero to do it. The Brady food. I don't want, I just don't want to even put it out there. Like, I no. just don't even want to play them on their home soil because it, it, it's what a game that they have nothing to lose, right? It's a, it's pure lose lose for Dallas. You win. Great. You want a playoff game against a shitty Bucks team that's eight and nine, probably at the end. It's maybe seven and 10 hosting a playoff game. Great. No one cares. You lose, and oh man, I, I have to change my address, change my name. I, I, you won't see me, man. Like I, I couldn't deal with the repercussions. The risk reward is so low for us that I would rather I play. Because if we lose to Washington, that would suck, but it wouldn't be nearly as embarrassing. Well, I just the I only upside. Lose some. I'm just point out. Vikings lose some. We could actually, if we went out and Eagles lose out, we get the first seed. It's like a two and a half percent chance. Wow. The only, the only to the Bucks game for me is that I do like I've said the whole time like if you do go out and you beat Brady that's like one of those maybe the curse is lifted type situations but man such a high risk to get something so ethereal and probably bullshit that I'm like ah, why risk it so yeah we'll see but it, it is going to all start tomorrow night there's also, uh, there's also the chance if the Eagles fuck around and lose and the Vikings win out the Vikings have some weird voodoo magic and they get the one seed. Then if we beat the bucks, we would go to the Vikings. Now I'd much rather that divisional game. Than Agreed. Philly. I'll tell Vikings you what, we got Packers and bears coming up. That's pretty easy. If the Packers if, also might sneak themselves into this play. Yeah. <laughs> we I'll might, what, we, we, it might be a year where we thought we were going to avoid Rogers and Brady and they might just somehow both fuck their way into this playoffs. If the Eagles do lose to the saints, Imagine the psychological like impact of that game against the Giants for the Eagles, where they're suddenly like, after all this, we could lose the division. Like, uh, honestly, if they lose to the Saints, I do think they lose the division. I it's think it weird. all unravels. Vegas is basically not projects like right now. If you if you feel it's going to come down to that, I'll just say the look ahead line is we're actually a one point underdog next week to to Washington. Meaning basically they think fascinating. And yeah, basically Vegas thinks we're resting people next week, which I think is interesting. So okay. if you think if you think next week's going to matter, I, I'd go hammer that line, because if it does matter, that'll flip quickly into Dallas being favored. So Dallas is like an 11 and a half or 12 and a half point favorite over the I got 12 right now. I just looked it up. OK, oh, wow, nice. man, that's great. It was nine and a half yesterday. No, yeah, no. 12, 12 point favorite, and the ESPN matchup predictor is 88.2%. Like the Willis. The only good player they have on their whole team that might play is Derrick Henry. And the only reason he might play is to get a rushing title. And look, Derrick Henry is amazing. I just think 
I think they probably rest him for the next week for Jacksonville. If if dude, he has three hundred nineteen carries on the year. Yeah. Like he's first by a mile. Bro. They run like, him into the ground. Well, he's he the like, only weapon, dude. I mean, I've said this. I have him in fantasy, and dude, there was a game. He had, our, a game, he had like twenty carries in the first half. Like he's definitely years. our generation's Adrian Peterson, where it's just like, does it make any sense that he's not on his back already? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because they ran him like this at Bama too. Like, he's been catching 300, 400 yards a year or 300, 400 well, carries a young, year for he's, like. He's about to be, he's going to be 29 next week. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be 29 on the fourth. So he is all damn near 30 years old. And I mean, in high school, dude. I mean, everyone knows the legend of Derrick uh, like Henry in high school, but he was, yeah, I mean, his high school stats and carry numbers are ridiculous. I'm going to pull it up one more time for everyone at home because it's hilarious. Okay, his freshman year, okay, uh, in 11 games, he had 313 carries for 2,465 yards and 26 touchdowns. That's 224 yards a game as a 15-year-old freshman. His sophomore year, 12 games, 313 carries again for 2,788 yards. So 8.9 yards per carry. That's 232 yards a game. He scored 38 touchdowns in 12 games. So basically like every single game this kid played up to this point in high school, he rushes for 230 and like four TDs. Junior year, he plays 12 games. You know, they gave him a little rest this time instead of the, the classic 309 carries or 313 carries. Dropped him down to 309. Uh, took it for 2610 and 34 rushing TDs. So only 217 yards a carry this, this uh, or 217 yards a game. But then senior year, dude, they really decided he was their only fucking chance to win a, a fucking state title. So in 13 games, he rushes 462 times. For 4,261 yards in a single year. So that's 327 yards a game. He had 55 rushing touchdowns. So he's 9.2 yards every time he touches the ball. He's, he's fucking rushing for 300 yards a game. And he's he was, scoring like five to look, six rushing was, touchdowns a he game. He was in the same draft as Zeke. And just imagine how like old we think Zeke looks, and then watch what Derrick Henry looks like on. It's absurd, Thursday, dude. But it's like it's fucking Henry's absurd. Freak. That said, that's about all they got. There's a reason this line is ten. Basically, Vegas and most people think this will be an exhibition game. Now, we kind of thought this would have. We were seventeen point favorites over Houston. Everyone thought we'd run over them. I will say Houston since that game, by the way, nearly beat us. Took the Chiefs to OT and then beat this Titans team. So Houston. They're, they're playing a little better. I just they say. figured it out. They figured they figured it out. Anyway. wasn't as embarrassing as it looked. But this Titans team, yeah, they just lost to the Texans. Like they're they're in bad shape right now, man. They they're limping. This is basically if Dallas wants this game, they'll get this game. I don't know how much Dallas like. There's thought like I saw. Um, Parsons is questionable. I think Diggs is questionable. Pollard like, too. Pollard is still out, but. Yeah. Pollard's questionable. So Sam, I, we're Sam Williams back. back for the playoffs, right? Yes, that okay. is the plan. Anyway, so hopefully we'll Let's have Vander Esch so. back. We'll have uh, Hankins back. We'll have basically everyone on defense except for Brown, and then hopefully you know Pollard's at full strength, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What happened to Pollard? 
I'm not sure what he did, but he is questionable as of now. He doesn't uh, quite look the uh, his normal explosive self in a minute. They have been giving the ball a lot more to Zeke recently, yeah. But yeah, you're right. And Derrick Henry's also doubtful, so he's probably not playing tomorrow. And you're right. That's why that line probably moved from 10 to 12. Tony Pollard is in Nashville and will warm up with the team, but still TBD on playing. He's got a thigh injury. Yeah, My, yeah thigh injury did not practice. That sounds back, more like precautionary than anything it does, else. And I want to go back, though, just to people who are full ready on, like, I've been asked at Christmas by tons of relatives, like, hey, what are they going to do this offseason with Zeke and Pollard? What are they going to do? And I said, people were like, oh, they, they got to keep Pollard and move on from Zeke. I was like, man, you just – Pollard ain't ready for 250 touches. That's all. No, he's just not built like that, dude. And and you, that's not where he's most effective. So if you're going to keep Pollard and get rid of Zeke, they better draft a guy to split carries with him. Bijan Robinson, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's spend let's spend our first round first pick. round pick, baby. <laughs> oh my god, that would be such a shit show. But it would also be kind of tight because Bijan is the man. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. You know, game preview, we sort of did it. This game doesn't matter a ton. We're a big favorite. They're playing Malik Willis, who was the third quarterback, second quarterback drafted this year. Yeah, out of Liberty. Out so of he Liberty. Came from like the worst college in the fucking universe. Oh my he can God. run a little bit, but his passing numbers so far this year when he's had to play for injured Ryan Tannehill have been awful. Uh, yeah, you cannot throw the ball. No touchdowns, they only interceptions. They they traded away AJ Brown and drafted Traylon Burks, who in spurts has looked nice, but just I mean, he's been I'll, injured. Look, he dude, I wanted Traylon Burks, dude, pretty yeah. badly. Yeah, he's been okay. He just he's been hurt quite a bit, and they just you know he's he's very he's played very seldom this year, but when he has played, he's looked good. Um, and then defensively, like I said, they're beat to shit, man. Like they they're without either four best guys. Um. So who know, you, think, what do you what do you feel in score wise, Ben? Just depends how much we want it. I I would love to say we're going to go out here and make it look like an easy game. I worry that it's Dallas and we won't. But I'll 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 predict us by a touchdown. I'm going to say uh, we've been put up. So I'll, I'll say 24-14. I think the defense kind of gets a maybe 24-17, like one of those where it feels like you should win by more, but they're they're steady in control. So. Yeah, nice. they want to go out and hang out. You know, I, I would love to see a CD Lamb huge. That's game. what I'm predicting. So I've been saying it since I saw. I've been looking more into the CD stats. I was comparing. Uh, you know, last night I was I was when I saw the stat that uh, CD had set the record uh, for single season uh, or for single season first three years. Uh, Cowboys receiving to start a start a career. I was like, damn, like that is pretty awesome. So I started kind of comparing uh, him to, you know, who I consider to be the GOAT uh, in recent years, Des Bryant. So after three years, Des Bryant had 200 catches on 344 targets. That's a 58% catch rate for 2,871 yards and 27 touchdowns. It's pretty nasty on the TDs. And then CD as of today, which is 15 games into year three. Uh, 244 catches on 366 targets. That's a 66.7% catch percentage, 3,244 yards, and 19 touchdowns. So uh, eight fewer touchdowns, but about 400, 500 more yards, and he's got 44 more catches on 22 more targets. Um, so 
CD is right in that zone of comparable to Des Bryant. I think what I I've watched from CD recently is like as he has gathered confidence and him and Dak have really been on the same page, he has become more and more dominant. I think the next step is for CD to have a true like Des Bryant take over a game, destroy a team by himself moment. He was close last week. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I think that this game could be a 140 yards, three touchdown game for CeeDee Lamb. They have no one to cover him. They don't really have a pass rush. Dak should have all day to have a long developing route to go. Tennessee's Uh, 31st in TD percentage and 28 in yards per target. Uh, Yeah. So I think wide receivers aligned on the perimeter. Basically, uh, I saw that as a fantasy stat for for you people still in your playoffs. But basically, Ceedee Lamb's in line for a uh, monster day. So Ceedee Lamb, I think Ceedee Lamb could have a huge day where he really sets himself up to like carry a tremendous amount of swagger into the playoffs. I'm going to project a 35 to 13 win for the Dallas Cowboys with three touchdowns coming from Mr. Sedarian Lamb. Ooh. Yeah, I want to amend minus a 24-14. I'm going to uh, 24-17. I'm going to go 27-17. I think, I, think, I think we get a little bit more. Nice. I'm going to go actually with 38-17. I like it. I and like I'll it. I'll say that if you're a betting man, I, I bet the over, which is currently still at 40. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, the Cowboys have put up 40 Malik by themselves Willis. like four of the last five needs, games. If, so we talk about get-right games for the offense. We really talk about this for the defense. This needs to be a get-right game for the defense. If Derrick Henry doesn't play and Ryan Tannehill's out, like this defense needs to wake the fuck up in this game. Like This needs to be a game where they don't allow the Titans any chance and that if Dallas wants to get cute in the second half and put Cooper Rush in, they can. Agreed. Agreed. All right, boys, shall we do Star Love Go? Yeah, uh, for everyone, basically our players, the game, the walk star star, that's me, the Zach Love, love of the game, and the Anthony Goat Catelli, goat of the game. I will begin as tradition, and I will say the star of the game, I, I said this earlier in the pod, it has to be Dak Prescott. I thought he was just so good. They don't win this game without him playing at an A out of an, you know, A out of A plus. And the only reason he get an A plus was the pick six. I mean, he was fan fucking tastic in this game um basically everything outside of that pick six and like the very weird little last stuff in the last drive about clock killing he was he was uh on his on his p's and q's so i gotta give it to Dak. great game noise i mean i'm going Dak as well uh Dak Prescott is carrying a tremendous amount of pressure into the end of this year. He obviously got injured at the beginning of this year. He, you know, lost in the first round of the playoffs last year. He was kind of the star of the final failure play in the first round of the playoffs last year against the 49ers. He carried a lot of that pressure. Now Um, there are many questions about whether or not Dak is quote unquote, the guy he has had uh, turnover issues whether self-inflicted, caused by others, all of that is stacked on Dak's shoulders as he goes into the final home stretch of this year. And he took it with him on Christmas Eve when he faced, you know, maybe the best team in football, the Philadelphia Eagles. And he even started the game poorly with this pick six and some guys fold. Dak Prescott put on an absolute clinic against uh, a very good Philadelphia Eagles team. He's 
absolutely dismantled them, hung 40 on them. Um, Dak Prescott just takes so much hate, dude. I mean, I even saw a fucking Philly fan on Instagram put up some post of a picture of Dak Prescott that said, I'm glad your mom died. I hope you're I'm glad your brother committed suicide. I hope your other brother's next. Dak takes so much shit for that. He got so much good for fuck that guy. Um, Dak takes so much shit, whether from our own fan base or from others, just by the nature of being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. And he carries it with tremendous grace and he puts on a fucking clinic from time to time. And this was one of those games. Dak Prescott beat the Eagles uh, single-handedly in my opinion. So the goat of the game is Dakota rain Prescott. Nice. Zach, who's the love? It's going to be Dak Prescott. Oh, And from Zach Love. Zach wow. giving Zach a love of the game. You I know Dak be... really put on a show. Dude, uh, that's the second better, time, Zach. actually. I gave it to him. I think, all you better is that's, third just game. The, that's just okay, the nice, second. Okay, nice. That's just the second star love goat of the season where someone wins the distinct honor of getting it since week one, Micah Parsons getting it across the board. We have That's, a star love goat. Woo! Last time I gave Dak was when uh, Cooper Rush is still playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah, man. Hopefully we, this is what we see from Dak more often, dude. I mean, I would love to see him put on a show all the way through the playoffs. Um, man. The, the the fucking salt and tears that would come with Dak Prescott just putting on an elite run all the way through and winning a ring would just right. be so fucking so we got, epic. We talked about this with playoffs, Goat, me and you off the line. I want to do it now. We talked about Titans and everything. We'll skip book report because um, I want to I want to I want to get into this real quick. We have basically once again expectations for this team. They've clearly Back-to-back 10 wins. They're going to the playoffs again. They're they're a good team by all stretch. They had the most regular season wins since the start of last season. So in two years, they've essentially been the best team in the regular season win-loss record. What is, like, what's the bar for them in the playoffs? For me, you got to go one win buys Mike a year, basically. Like, that's you're not going to get fired if you win a playoff game. Two wins, that is a successful year for the Dallas Cowboys, I, I have to say. I, I, I believe this team has the capability to go farther than that, and part of me will still be disappointed, obviously. But given our track record, winning two playoff games in the same year has not happened in so long that I would have to accept that as tremendous progress. If you get bounced in the first round, it's got to be heads roll. you got to fire the whole fucking staff. And luckily, Sean Payton and – uh Vic Fangio are waiting in the wings to come take over the whole fucking operation if that does come to pass. my boy, Bob Sturm, said that. Uh, what did he say? Because there's rumors Sean Payton coming in for the Bucks, and then Sean Payton coming in for some I heard the team. Saints. I heard the yeah, rumors he's coming back to the Saints. And somebody said, 
man, his agent deserve or he basically said his agent deserves all the money in the world. He goes, you would think this guy is the reincarnation of Tom Landry and Bill Parcells. The yeah. media talks about Sean Payton. Oh, I hear about him coming back to the Saints and uh, Brady. I know you're wrong. If it, if it comes that way, we will we will definitely all hail him. I will just remind everyone to look at his career. He's his basically he's Mike McCarthy. basically Mike McCarthy, they but cool. But he's cooler a, than Mike McCarthy. He's Mike McCarthy if his quarterback didn't throw him under the bus. I was going to say, if he didn't like leave on bad terms. And also, like given my own attitude towards Aaron Rodgers, like probably Mike McCarthy was in the right on most of that <laughs> shit. So, like, fuck Aaron Rodgers. But, yeah, if, if, Mike, if Mike loses in the first round, he, he's got to go. Like, and and it, it's larger than the coaching staff at that point. You're going to – there's going to be very tough questions to ask about this generation of players like Dak – Z, we'll call it, it's the Dak team, right? I mean, since 2016, yeah. like that's the two biggest names. Like them, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith are pretty much your names on offense that have been there forever, at least you know for football terms. And if they lose again, that group, and you can't really put it on a line, but you get what I'm saying. Like that generation of guys, for like, sure. Becomes, if they lose in the first round, it's and if Dak, they lose in the first round, you're going to have to bring in a new moves, staff, and whether it's fair or not. If his record moves to one and four as a oh, yeah. starter in the playoffs, like big questions get asked at that point. And at that point, whatever coach they do bring in will have the latitude to move on. Like so Mike McCarthy did not have the latitude to move on from Dak Prescott. So but I if am, they hire I'm, Sean Payton, he will. They got to win one. Zach, where are you at? I said have to win two. If, if we. If we don't go any further in the playoffs than we have since the nineties, I'm not going to consider this a successful season. So they beat the Bucks and say we lose to the Eagles. You'll say no. no. Okay. Not at all. Do you think Mike keeps his job? Uh, I think it's going to depend entirely on if Sean Payton will actually come here. Fair. I mean, I think Jerry Jones probably would. Uh, well, you know, if he wins one playoff game, probably yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like success is definitely two wins. Like, I think you have to win two to call it like a success. But I think Mike keeps his job at one. Well, if we win two playoff games and Jerry Jones fires McCarthy for Sean Payton, I'm not going to be happy with that. I'm kind of doing Mike real dirty. If he loses one, if he just win one game, he gets fired. I think he really deserves it, but I'm not going to be shedding a tear. What's interesting is I think I don't, you know, the the. Dan Quinn was a very hot commodity at the end of or last year. I wonder if, like, uh, I'm probably naive to think this, the, the shine's been rubbed off him because the Broncos were very close to hiring him and they just fired their head coach already into, like, eight games because they can't fire. I would wonder if he would even want to go and take that dumpster fire of Russell Wilson. Dude, I, I, have heard, I have heard a lot of smoke around Kellen Moore, too, with the Broncos' yeah. job. Jeez. Yeah. Which I've also hey, heard feel you know, fucking free to take to say, that off our hands, my guy. I, yeah. Honestly, after the last game and thinking about it a little bit more level headedly, I don't really hate Kellen Moore anymore. I hate a lot of his decisions in certain I, moments. He I gets hate, so fucking cute, dude. I, he does, hate, and I, so angry. Hate I hate him less after like scouring the internet and realizing that all fans hate somebody like that, like watching the Eagles fans bitch about their DC when their defense is like top five. I'll tell you what, like watching Bills fans complain about Ken Dorsey when the Bills offense is good. Like the offense looks good. 
I get and it. And I will, I will say that scrolling down the box score and seeing Noah Brown got two targets and he also did a lot of good blocking instead of a lot of good route running this time out. I loved all that. So maybe, maybe besides Kellen. The, besides learned. the weird ass fucking flea flicker. I, I just kind of wish that, like, you know, McCarthy. The double pass and the shovel double pass. Back. They did the and shovel pass again. I just wish from time okay, to time to McCarthy fair, would be like, oh, fuck like that. What yards. the hell did you just order? Hell no. At least I got four yeah. or five yards. Like, it wasn't a complaint. Have a couple of backup plays McCarthy could override Kellen on also, when the need arises. Is I brought this up, and it kind of gets overshadowed. I'm always pro go for it, but the fourth and eight early. Oh, in the yes, game, no. Where, by the way, T.Y. Hilton bailed us out by like, getting was, the, I would also wonder, like, was that a plan? Like, did, did they know <laughs> T.Y. Hilton could do that? Honestly, looking looking back at the not. fact that looking back at the fact of how much points Philly scored, maybe they just really didn't have faith in us slowing them down. To be honest, I mean, like, fair. what's the difference in a what's the difference in a thirty yard punt and a three and a like giving them thirty? Yeah, yards? Like, I mean, yeah. that's Highly possible. I mean, we, I mean, we didn't we didn't force a three and out all game. We didn't force a punt all game, so zero we punts. Punted, which is crazy. Yeah, honestly, if we had punted there, we got a field goal on that drive, right? Or is that yeah, touchdown? We got, yeah. Well, we, well, we got the conversion. I can't remember what we turned it into. So. I mean, look, I have it, it was first half, here. so we didn't punt. So it was either a field goal or a touchdown. It's highly possible. Yeah, I mean, if we had. Punted there that we uh would have yeah, lost fourth the game. And, so okay, so fourth and eight, incomplete to T. Y. Hilton penalty on Slay, then Tollard Pollard goes for minus four, second and fourteen, uh Dak throws to Gallup for eight yards, third and six, thirty-six yards to C D Lamb touchdown. That was the first C D T D. That was his great so, little spin move, right? Yeah, which was awesome. Yeah. Fucking C D so tight. I, w- I would say, yeah. Look I how mean, far Andy's come. Look how far. <laughs> hey, you know what? It happened with Des too. I'll, it happened with Des too. I'm a I'm a fickle lover when it comes to wide receivers. I, I need, if you're gonna wear 88, I need you to fucking perform, and he is performing. And he's young, man. He's still 23. Like he's still big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get ball. Did you I'm see? T- like did you see uh, Tyreek this week? Did you see Tyreek on yeah. this? Uh, they Tyreke asked Tyreek uh, on he. So Tyreek, when he's not playing football, he streams cod a lot on twitch Dude, and someone asked him uh what uh antonio brown in him he, he definitely does uh they asked tyreek who his favorite wide receiver was and he said i love watching cd lamb man that boy's mm-hmm. so smooth i find myself geeking when i watch him play i was like that's tight dude. so smooth yeah sick which man i've said i was i told ben the other day i asked ben like if you could add one guy non-qb to the cowboys who would you add just like free and clear? You just automatically get him. I think I go Jalen Waddle, dude. Uh, I know Tyreek's like, and him are almost the same player and Tyreek's the man, but Jalen Waddle, every time I watch that dude play, he just takes the top off the defense so flawlessly and is so fucking fast. And that guy on our team across from CD, we would be fucking lethal. That'd be nice. I, I, I said, for a while now that what they do in the draft, regardless of this postseason, is probably first round. I, I would look at corner wide receiver. You gotta go corner wide receiver one and two. That's it. Like best yeah. available, whoever's the best available of those two positions and like what would improve this team the most? Because I think like if you had a premier player next to Diggs, how good could this defense really be? If you couldn't just pick on Bro, that if you had top. Sauce Gardner across from 
yeah. Trayvon Diggs, you would be ridiculous. If you had Jay- a Jalen Waddle, if you had... Well, even look at like the Bengals. Like, part of the, the reason thing, man. that Jamar Chase is so nasty is because T. Higgins is next to him. Yeah, like, exactly. That helps, man. Like, Devonta For Smith, sure. A.J. Brown. Like, it it helps to have another Amari guy. Cooper, C.D. Lamb, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. uh, the <laughs> only... Once again, that was a bad move. But I, the only thing I think it's allowed is what I always hated in Cowboys off. They never gave their number one more than like six targets. It has allowed like CD to yes. get 12, 13, 14 targets and take that step. Like he's getting force fed now in a way that well, he does, does he be. does he get that kind of talk? Tar- I mean, he don't get me wrong. He's putting yeah. up better numbers. But I like, mean, his target numbers on the year are really high. I mean, but a lot of that sure. he's been healthy all year. Like. He got he got eleven this game, which is high for sure. That's better than he ever got. Normally he gets like eight, and he gets eight catches, which is great. So, but yeah, the definitely since there's fewer mounts to feed, but we need another legitimate target too. Like Gallup just can't he's, get it done right on the now. year. And I know a lot of it is time. you guys are healthy, but he's sixth in the NFL in targets behind only Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, and Travis Kelsey. So. It definitely feels like Dak fully he's trusts getting, CD now. He's getting a great. his average right now is nine a game. He's gotten 11, 11, 12, 8, 8, 10, 6, 7, 15, 5, 11, 7, 6, 7, 11. I like it, dude. Cause yeah, I mean, like last year in the fucking playoffs, like they threw him like four times against the Niners. Like absurd. Well, yeah, that's why we banned the last two games. They didn't like that guy needs 10 targets a game. It just absolutely. Especially because of what he can do in the open field. So, all right, boys. Anything else before we get out of here and uh, hopefully crush the Titans? By the way, Justin Jefferson leads the NFL in targets. He has 40 more targets this year than Dear God. I mean, he is so absurdly good that it's like you might as well just chuck it at him. <laughs> Which isn't 50, great. It's really two and a half more a game, but it just feels like a ton. Yeah, it feels like a ton. Well, we were talking earlier about quarterbacks. I found a uh, list on, I think, Pro Football something. Uh, oh, football yeah. oh, PFT? Is it PFT? Yeah. Top two quarterbacks. The worst. The worst. Patrick Mahomes. The... Jalen Hurts. Yes. They're, they were oh, the only yeah. ones at tier one. And then, okay. interestingly, down tier three, number 13, or was uh, Daniel Jones? Number 14, Sick. Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah, dude. PFT may be like legitimately the worst sports media there is outside of that. What's hey, that one? Hey, Floria, when's that Des tape coming out? Yo, yeah, no kidding. What's that? Me, what's that one every year that's like the like low grade white supremacist uh, outlet where they're always like, here's our all whatever, Adams, all Patriots team. Yeah, or... and it's like all white guys. They make an all white players team every year of all every Nick position. Nick Adams, something like sure, that. Sure, it's just a coincidence, Andy. Oh my god, dude! Well, you know they just they just work really hard, dude. They just bring their lunch pail every day. They're blue collar guys. No, he gym legit rats. made like a list based on like players and how much they love Trump and like <laughs> he sucks. So, oh, all right, boys. Anything else before we get out of here? Yes. Ooh. Oh yes, thank you, Zach. So uh, often I, this week, as I was going through uh, the the insights tab uh on our on our stuff you know i like to look at uh you know who's listening where they live etc and i noticed on what on our last episode that we had exactly four unique ip address plays from Co- uh i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of this pokrovsky hills which is a suburb of moscow and i was like oh man like some random russian guy found our thing and, and listened to it but then I went back and looked, and these same 
it was exactly four plays, all from unique addresses on every single episode of the podcast. And my theory is that there's just a group of four friends in the suburbs of Moscow that have just become Cowboys fans and are listening to this podcast through the fucking invasion of Crimea, the invasion of Ukraine, like Putin perhaps doing his whole thing. These guys have been listening to this podcast for like three years. So low-key, man, if you are over in the suburbs of Moscow listening to Boys Will Be Boys and you're putting up with all the bullshit that comes with like being just a normal person in the Russian Federation, shout out to you, bro. Like much love from America. Hopefully you can get over here and see a Cowboys game eventually. If you do, dude, give us a shout. Well, honestly, even if you don't come over here, if you're still in Russia, give us a shout, dude. You can be a guest on the show. You can call in. We'd love to talk to some of our, our Russian listeners. So shout out to the Provosky Hill boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, tweet at us, mm-hmm. man. EWBB pod. I'm right here. Fuck yeah, dude. That's so tight. It's amazing to think that somewhere in the world there's some random person I'm never going to meet that's actually listened to all this shit. It's just <laughs> like, it's very strange. But hey, man, we love you guys. Thank you so much. So, all right. Well, as always, uh, thank you so much to everyone around the world who has taken the time to listen to this episode. Uh, if you like what you heard, please feel free to like, subscribe. Uh, leave a comment, leave a rating. It helps climb the charts on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Ben's always on the podcast Twitter account, BWBB Pod. Uh, hit us up. We love hearing from the fans. We will be back uh, next week after the Titans game. It's a Thursday night football game tonight. So we will be back to review both that and preview the final game of the season before we roll into the playoffs. Uh, as always, I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. I hope that you and yours had a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a uh, Happy Holiday of your choice, and a very Happy New Year. Take it easy. Peace.